You're listening to Packers Blitz with my co-host Andy, the podcast done by two diehard Packer fans who have survived Packer football of the 80s and lived to talk about it. The podcast, this podcast is dedicated to the greatest fans, Packer fans. And so in, I am fired up. I have my idiots of 2022 20, to hand out. So here we go. <laughs> I'm ready. Ready? Are you ready? Yeah. If you wanted Aaron Rodgers traded, you are an idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> if you wanted love to start, you are an idiot. You're an idiot. If you thought that Lafleur, Matt Lafleur, forgot how to coach, you are an idiot. You're an idiot. Okay. And Colin Cowherd, you are an idiot. idiot. <laughs> and by the way, Tom Brady still sucks, and that's it. I'm done, Andy. You take over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to remind you, so does Kirk Cousins. He sucks too. Yeah. So, we'll get into that. We'll get <laughs> we'll into, get into that. We're uh, right on, brother. So go yeah. On. So uh, hello, happy uh, Packer fans everywhere. Happy New Year. Welcome to Packers Blitz. Uh, four wins in a row. The Packers playoff odds are now at about. 65% as we had stated on previous podcasts that, <laughs> that we have had uh, over and over and over again. Uh, the Packers are guaranteed 100% in the playoffs if we are victorious against the Lions this week. Thank you, Packers fans at Lambeau Field and those who were watching slash listening on whatever device for being our 12th man on Sunday. So yes. congratulations, Packers. Congratulations, Packers fans, on a well-deserved victory against the Vikings on Sunday. Yes. So one of the things, uh, just some news and notes, and we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later, but they changed the time. I just want to say this right now. They, they changed the time. It looks like the Packers will be playing on Sunday night at 7.20, so they're the Sunday night game. So I just wanted to bring that up really quick. We will bring it up at the end of the podcast just to remind you. But that was really as far as news and notes. I didn't really have any um, other than, uh, you know, I think they really prepared for this game, and I think they really did really well. But we'll get that in the game review. But, Andy, uh, what news and notes or what do you want to talk about? Yeah, I have quite a few, <laughs> as there you can go. see. Uh, so uh, just quickly to start off, John, I wanted to apologize to any and all of our fans in Canada. Uh, one of my favorite comedy movies is Strange Brew. Love Strange which Brew. Which was released in, uh, I believe, 1983 with the McKenzie mm -hmm. brothers, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Uh, comedians Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas portrayed a pair of fictional, I repeat that, fictional Canadian brothers okay, who sure. hosted the Great White North yes. TV show. And uh, show. this was developed by Second City Television and the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, mm -hmm. just to let you know. Uh, the theme music was even done by the progressive rock band Rush in 1981. <laughs> and so I was mimicking them when I was talking at the end of our last podcast. Uh, the the yes. McKenzie brothers uh, like to say lines like, you know, beauty, a beauty, beauty, uh, beauty, uh, beauty hoser, hose head. And so I just want to say, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Canada. I love Canada. And uh, love Tim Canada. Hortons, I love Tim Hortons. All Canadians know what I'm talking about. So love yes. Tim Hortons and I love Canada. So yeah. Um, so we, it, it was an homage <laughs> to Canada because we love Canada. Come on, who yeah, love, love Canada? beer too. And, love uh, beer. Yeah, uh, you know Canadian <laughs> brews and uh, donuts. Yeah. Love donuts. There's love a the donuts. funny, funny scene in that movie with them uh, bribing somebody with a donut, or actually yeah. several donuts. Yeah, so. Um, if anybody can see uh, Strange Brew, uh, which you can, of course, uh, if you can find it, uh, make sure that you see it because it's, it's a pretty yes, you do. awesome uh, movie. 
Um, and believe it or not, it even has uh, Max von Sydow, I believe, who's, uh, I think, yes, was nominated for an Academy Award. I don't know if he won it, but a uh, great, great actor. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure who convinced him to be in that movie, uh, but, but it is pretty darn funny. So Great villain. He was a great villain. Yes. Max von Sydow, just to let you know. Let's <laughs> figure that out. Add, add, add that, John. So. Um, so, okay, I'm I'm pretty fired up too, John. Uh, I did want to, I just had to get this off my chest. According to NBC Sports, Ron Rivera, head coach of the Washington Commanders, <laughs> did not, I repeat, did not know that they could be eliminated from the playoff race or there, that, was, that there was even a possibility when Sunday began. John, that makes me appreciate the Packers – Appreciate the Packers organization and our head coach even more. Uh, John, do you have yeah. any quick thoughts on that? I mean, I could go into great detail, no. but basically he didn't know that his team could yes, be eliminated man. from the playoffs. Yeah. Right. Unbelievable. So so here's a thing which, which makes me laugh about it is that, well, we shouldn't laugh. How did we lose to these guys in the first place? Okay, so <laughs> we won't go back. I get it. But first of all, how did we lose to them? Like, that drove me crazy because we wouldn't be in this mess. It, oh, I shouldn't say mess. <laughs> we wouldn't be at this time and place if we beat them. So, okay, pardon us. But here, Ron Rivera walked it back, uh, which is, that's the thing now, Andy, right? To say something stupid and then yeah. basically go, oh, well, what I meant was, and then he, he came back and he said, oh, uh, <clears throat> I didn't really know uh, about the playoffs. Now I was focused on the game, which <laughs> that is perfect, right? Like he, yeah. he should know. He, he should know it. Come on. Somebody should be in his ear and be like, Hey, Ron, if we lose today, that's it. Yeah. We're and he should have been focused the on the win. playoffs, John. Correct. You know, Correct. They, if they you, win yeah. that game and then the next game they're in. Everybody, they, they are in the playoffs. So I yeah. don't know. I understand he's focusing on the game. Uh, how about you focus sense. on winning it and then knowing winning. what happens and, and if no, you don't? Right. So, yeah, Correct. they were eliminated. So that's another team that was in contention for that uh, final playoff spot now. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's just amazing that, that you have somebody that's leading an organization yeah. and so leading a team that doesn't know that. That's that info that. that's ridiculous, and yeah. uh, I can't believe I just couldn't believe it. So I figured I'd bring it up. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so enough. On uh, that, right? So enough. <laughs> on, enough on that. Um, so to follow up a couple things from last week's show, uh, breaking news: uh, David Bakhtiar <laughs> did start. He did start at left <laughs> offensive tackle, and I might have mentioned that on our last podcast on Packers yep. Blitz last yep. you did. week, just to let you know, yes, you that there was yes, a possibility he was going to play either this week or next. Um, but, yeah, so that, that was that was good that he played, and he played really well, too. I actually saw him in the game and staying in the game, which was great. So it's, it was good to see him in the fourth quarter as well as uh, the other quarters. So um, thank you, David, for playing, and uh, great job on uh on sunday so um and then the second thing i wanted to talk about from last week's show just to follow up um so what's the deal with uh Derek carr and the raiders i mm, came I out it came out just after last packers blitz podcast that the raiders benched him so that a clause in his contract did not go into effect basically oh. If he had gotten injured in the last two games, then a $40 million clause would have kicked in that would have forced the Las Vegas Raiders to keep him next year. The Raiders want him not injured so that they can get the biggest trade value for him in 2023. So basically, Derek Carr will not be back with Los Angeles next year. And this just proves that the Raiders, just like the commanders, are not. I repeat, not a well-run organization. No. But can you believe that? that over money? So um, unbelievable. I, I I don't know what to say. I mean, he has uh, he loves the organization. He he yes. bled Raiders he, football, he, and he, he, he 
basically yeah. willed them to the playoffs last year, and you do yes. that to him. It's a lot of very similar to the situation with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and all the right. back and forth that's been but, going on with that. I mean, come on. So, uh, however, but yeah, that's basically – Basically, they didn't want to take yeah. the risk of because so, they don't have the money. So they don't have the money, correct? They don't. So, just some quick notes on that. Uh, thanks, Andy, because that to me was really the way the Raiders do things. Okay. So, the Raiders have been built on, and this is just because I love history and I love football history, every kind of history, really. One of the things Al Davis has done when he moved the team from Oakland to Los Angeles, back to Oakland, <laughs> you know, he was basically saying, I'm going to go where the money is and I'm going to do what I can. However, when he was in Oakland, one of the things when I was reading about it, their facility was so horrible. One of the things, uh, Reggie McKenzie, uh, if you remember him, he was a former GM. Uh, at the Packers in the 90s, early 2000s. He became the GM at the Raiders. Um, and when he got there, he said when he went to their practice field, it was nothing but like dirt and some grass. <laughs> he said it was horrible. He said it was like some type of, you know, cheap uh, high school field. And then when he went to the locker rooms, um, and we won't get on this side, no, but Andy, when you worked at um, County Stadium and you would tell me stories about how the pipes were rusting and dripping, well, excrement <laughs> over everything, and <laughs> it was just terrible, yep. and the facilities were. So that's where the Raiders were, always like, 80s, 90s. And Al Davis was just cheap. He just thought, you know, I'm just going to keep this football team going and I'm going to, you know, do this. But he never really spread the wealth. And that's the thing right now, which they're coming up to, which really quickly, they can't get rid of their head coach because you know why they can't get rid of their head coach? Because they don't have enough money to pay him if they do. So they have to keep him. And then they made a sacrifice of Derek Carr, who, like you said, lived, eat, slapped the Raiders. You know, he was unbelievable. And if you saw him earlier in a uh, press conference where he's crying because he's like, man, you don't understand, you know, all these people put all this effort into it just to sleep at night, just to work out, just to do all these things, just to play football. And he was so impassioned. And then they do this to him. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where he'll wind up, but I, I wish the guy the best. And we'll get into this as one of our topics about Devontae Adams, who's probably regretting being with the Raiders now, even though he has said he still loves the Raiders and loves Derek Carr. He has to know what's going on. So anyway, that's pretty much off that, and that's really sad that that happens. And it, again, like you said, it makes me value the Green Bay Packer organization a lot because what happened when Gutekunst and Rogers were at odds and butting heads and you and me <laughs> were saying, come on, man, you know, I know you were talking about him being a prima donna and kind of, you know, shut up and play. And I was kind of in that realm, but they figured it out. Right. And they, they said, okay, this is what we got to do. And yeah, kind of our salary, uh, salary cap is kind of really goofed up, but, in the end, we made it work, and hopefully we'll make it work in the future where we can sign some players, but the guy deserves the money. I mean, let's be honest. He's done everything he can, you know, to make this organization a great organization, with the exception we need more Super Bowl titles, but that's just greedy, <laughs> but that's okay. We're selfish that way, and we deserve it, but <laughs> that that's just some of the things I wanted to say. Sorry to go on that little sidetrack, but it was really interesting the way the NFL worked. So let's get into Colin Cowherd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so last, yeah. So oh, last thing I wanted to, you know, follow up on from last week. Uh, and uh, John, you had already mentioned that Colin is an idiot. Yes, uh, he that, is. That, those are your words, not those mine. Are my words. Uh, yeah, when Colin, you said bring idiot. It bring it however, on, <laughs> however, 
Oh boy. Uh, Colin Cowherd changed his mind not once, <laughs> but two times more since our podcast last week. So I oh again, fans, Packer fans, sorry. I I listened to Colin Cowherd pretty much well, pretty much every day. And uh so oh, good for twice you. again he uh he changed his his mind. On Friday, he picked the Packers to basically lose mm. and for the Vikings to cover the three-point spread. So the Packers were picked to win by three points. He picked the Vikings. And earlier in the week, he was pick- he was saying the Packers were going to win and this <clears> and that. <throat> so that's, you know, from Tuesday to Friday, <laughs> he had changed oh his mind and, and picked against them. <sighs> and then uh, today... Today, he picked the Packers to make the playoffs again and defeat the Lions. Uh, John, uh, that makes me very scared. And I have that in in, in bold and in uh, caps and everything else. It makes me very scared. Uh, he's wrong about half the time on his yes, blazing five picks. He calls mm-hmm. them blazing five. Even today, he said he was at 54%. It's lower than that now because of this week and his picks this week. So he's hovering right about there. And fans listening to this, please do not listen to his The Favorites Best Bets podcast like I did. He's not a sharp. He's a square. He comes. <laughs> uh, he keeps going round and round. Uh, Packers fans do not listen to a word he says when it's it regards betting or betting on the Packers in particular. Yeah, you lose That's your mind. That's all I'm going to say on that. But he's yeah. he's just doing the same things he's been doing and uh, waffling, and I and I just can't stand it. Uh, I do respect him in some ways. He gets oh, things out there in the open. He you know he has a forum in which he's able to talk and he does a, does a great work. Uh, I enjoy a lot of the guests that he brings on. Uh, very, very interesting guests. It's like nice to listen to his podcast. But when it comes to the Packers and it comes to this stuff, I wish he would just stop it. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, he's he's not going to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. So okay. So moving on. Get, moving on. Maybe one day he'll hear this and give us a call, and then we can be on there with him because uh, yeah, that definitely help Soon. our number, and we'll definitely <laughs> do it and have some fun. So, game review. Like Andy said, fourth straight win. We went from four to four and eight to eight and eight. Uh, so we're at five hundred, a winning percentage, and now in the season begins again. Uh, Starting so, over. Yeah. So forty-one seventeen over Minnesota over the Vikings. Uh, wasn't even that close. Wasn't even a, a game after the first quarter, in my opinion. So, you know how I thought we would win this game, Andy? Just, just yep. two words. Do you remember, or a name, do you remember back in the past, the guy named Ed Donatel? Remember that guy? Yes, I do. Okay. Packers defensive quarter coordinator. Correct. And he was famous for people... Love history as much as I do. The fourth and 26 in the Philadelphia divisional playoff game in, I believe, 2003, 2000, no, 2004. Fourth and 26. If you remember, we're winning that game. We're, we're, we're going to win it. It's fourth and 26. Last hope for the, for the Eagles. And uh, the quarterback for them, oh, my gosh. Uh, what was his name? Um, Eagles fans, you got to help me out. I know you, a lot of you were like, didn't like him at one time. I don't know, Andy, if you could look it up really quick for me. <laughs> yeah, throws. it should come to me as well, but it's not. Uh, he was 90, so if you could look up 90s quarterback, uh, I don't know, on your phone. But anyway, he threw to this <laughs> guy named Freddie Mitchell, okay? And they got the they got the uh, fourth and 26 um, and eventually I believe kicked the field goal and won the game. And the thing, the thing was um, so funny was if you can look at this, um, you know, online and people have really have said, Hey, you know, um, 
they did this wrong, did that wrong, and everything. Uh, and it's really, really ridiculous when you think about it, how they were able to get that. But guess what? He was the guy who did it. And Donovan McNabb. Thank yeah, Donovan McNabb, 1999 until 2009. So, right. So, 10 or more seasons. So, here's the thing. His defense is ranked. I know Andy, you're the stats guy, not trying to steal your fire. Uh, we ranked in 2000 defense, total defense 15. And 2001, we were 12. 2002, we were 12. Um, and then in 2003, we fell to 17th. So in other words, <laughs> when I when I was saying, wait a minute, Ed Donatel, that Ed Donatel, we're going to win this game because he doesn't know how to be a great coordinator. And it was evident in the game when they were like uh, running some underneath stuff or running some uh, other uh, different running plays. I was like, oh, my God, that is our defense <laughs> from the 2000s. We couldn't stop underneath stuff. We couldn't stop um, any certain running plays. We were just this mediocre defense. And I was like, oh, we're going to win this game because these guys are horrible. And so that was just one of my things um, that I just really looked at that said, yes, we're going to win this game. And even on uh, good old Tony Romo was like, yeah, I don't know if the Vikings are going to go anywhere with this defense. And remember – they spent a lot of money on this defense. They have some Hall of Famers on there or potential Hall of Famers with Sedarius Smith, uh, who's an all-pro, Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith. I mean, you know, they got some guys on there, and they got a couple other guys, too, off the top of my head I can't think of. So it's not Kendricks. like they don't have talent. They have talent. So Yeah, the anyway, linebacker, Kendricks, is pretty good. So. Yeah, so Andy, uh, let's have your thoughts on the game. Yeah, so 41-17 victory of the Vikings. Uh, first and first and foremost, it was a it was a great, great, great team win. I was wrong right. with one of my predictions for the game. I was wrong. Uh, the Packers didn't need Aaron Rodgers to be great to win. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, Green <laughs> Bay just needed him to manage the game, uh, make good decisions, uh, good veteran decisions. And then don't turn the ball over. And they did those things. And uh, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings turned the ball over four times. So we didn't turn over the ball. And they did. So, and then second, uh, the Packers won simply because the team repeatedly made big plays. Yes. Uh, again, big team effort. And they made big plays. Keyshawn Nixon. Mm. Love that guy. <laughs> 105 that guy. yard. 105-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, Darnell Savage had a 75-yard uh, interception for a, for a TD. Touchdown! <laughs> yep. Adrian Amos and Rudy Ford. Again, Rudy! Rudy. Uh, with interceptions, making big plays. Uh, Adrian Amos has really stepped up, too. Uh, yeah. Rudy Ford's yeah. been doing it all year. Uh, Kenny Clark uh, created a big uh, fumble and recovered it. He did both. So mm. he caused the fumble the and he recovered it. And they I think they were driving for a touchdown at the yes, time. So yep. uh, great play by him. Uh, third, so third <laughs> thing, uh, the, the Minnesota offense had only two offensive plays over 20 yards. Only two over 20 yards and both of them came after the Packers were already yeah. up 41 to three in the fourth quarter. In addition, the Vikings defense created zero turnovers. Mm. Nice job. And then fourth, uh, like we mentioned on the Packers, uh, the last Packers uh, blitz podcast, the Packers needed to win the time of possession battle. And we did 34 minutes to 25 minutes. Yeah. And uh, we won on first down too. We had 20 first downs they had to 18 for them. So the Packers did that. And then uh, finally, and probably most importantly, uh, Jarier uh, Alexander and the Packers did totally, totally shut down uh, an absolute wide receiving stud in uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, mm. 
Jeff, Justin Jefferson only had one catch uh, for 15 yards. Uh, and then that one catch, by the way, was uh, when the Packers D was in zone and Jair uh, wasn't even responsible in coverage for him on that play. He was nearby, yeah. but he was not the guy that was supposed to cover him. So just a, just a fantastic job of, uh, you know, really doing what uh, no other player or defense uh, has been able to do this year. Uh, Justin Jefferson had had a legitimate chance to have over 2,000 yards yeah. this season mm -hmm. and has already broken pretty much every record for a wide receiver in his first three seasons in the league, in particular breaking a lot of uh, Randy Moss's records uh, for yeah. the Vikings. So, I mean, just a great, great talent. And so to be able to, to do that, the Packers DVD shutting him down, Jair Alexander, uh, Whatever words came out of his mouth, he backed them up. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. John, I don't like that stuff. It's like just, nope. <laughs> you know, shut up and play the game. Right. Uh, right. Didn't like it, what he was doing during the game either. That should have been a 15-yard penalty for the yeah, taunting the that he was doing. Uh, I don't care about the dance. I don't care that he was making fun of it, whatever. Um, you don't poke fun at a player like that during the game too because no. that can come back to bite you as well. So. Yeah, didn't really like that at all. But anyway, but any, it was a great, great job by the Packers D. Great job by uh, Jair Alexander. So, again, a great team, team win, and a great all round effort. Uh, basically, run the ball, win the turnover differential, and play great, aggressive, inspired D. Uh, and that's what we did. So, uh, so John, uh, by far, this was the best Packers uh, game in 2022. Mm. Isn't this yes, what Packers fans were expecting this entire season? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's, that's a hard one because you just wonder what was going on between those losses and stuff and losing to the commanders and, and that uh, early Detroit game where we lost, I think like 15 to 12 or whatever. It doesn't matter, Nine. you know, but <laughs> still it was just like, where, where was the offense? Where's the special team? And we knew the special teams coming in was kind of like, you know, hold your hands and pray. Right. We just hope this is better because you can't get worse, but we knew the offense should do a little bit better. Um, and the defense, like we talked about, uh, me and you um, before the season, was like on paper, this is a top five, top two defense. And they did not play like it until recently. So hopefully that's what we'll be able to carry on. Yep. Okay. So let's get to our topic of the week. Now that the season is nearly over, well, it's over for the Raiders. <laughs> we already kind of <laughs> talked about that. Um, but one of the things that was really interested, I saw this, is how did the Devontae Adams trade work out really for both teams in 2022? Now, I think it's a draw. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because Devontae Adams has been as advertised with the Raiders, okay? And he was with a, I don't know, a second or third string quarterback against the 49ers. And they almost beat the 49ers because of some of the catches by Devontae Adams. There were a couple catches I was like, wow, okay, we missed that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, because there was a catch um, going back in the game earlier on um, to uh, – I think it was Watson. Yeah, it was Watson, Christian Watson. And he had his hands up, and he had the ball, and then the the, uh, the Minnesota defender swatted it out. Well, there was a similar play in, in the 49er Raider game where he threw the ball, and Devontae Adams just took it away. He, you know, that guy from the 49ers corner should have intercepted it or broken it up. And Devontae Adams said, nope, my ball, got it, two feet in, touchdown. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's what we miss. Um, now, as far as the draft picks we got, that's a hard one. So everybody wants to be, hey, man, we need to do this now, and we got to get these players now. And, and remember, they're kids. 
okay? So Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt, you got to remember, they played on one of the best all-around college defenses in college history. That defense <laughs> was amazing. I mean, I think it's got maybe six, seven guys in the NFL from that defense alone. That's unheard of. So when you look at the stats, and Andy's going to get into that, eh, not bad. Devontae White, it's been up and down, but he's learning, and I think he played pretty well against uh, the Vikings. Uh, as far as, again, my feeling is Devontae Adams should have probably stayed a year. I think if he would have put his ego aside and, and the Packers have put maybe a little bit of their ego aside and said, hey, look, here we go. Let's give it one more shot, okay? See how things go. And the next year, boom, you're out. Okay, fine. Problem is, is now Derek Carr is probably not going to be there next year. And poor Devontae Adams is going, huh? <laughs> I got to start with a rookie quarterback? That was the whole reason I left Green Bay. I did not want Aaron Rodgers to retire. And Jordan Love, whether he's good or not, we don't know. Jerry's still out. I'm starting with a rookie quarterback, basically. And that's the same thing he's going to have to do here because the Raiders don't have money to go out. I know they've been talking about Tom Brady coming there. Give me a break. They've been talking about Aaron Rodgers coming there. Give me a break. They've been talking about Jimmy Garoppolo coming there. Give me a break. Okay, none of those guys are going to be there, with the exception maybe Brady because he's insane. Don't get me started. We'll do that at a topic another time. And Jimmy Garoppolo, really? Yeah. Is he really going to help you? Yes and no. And so it's not really going to be a complete quarterback for you. Aaron Rodgers, would he help you? Yes, he would. <laughs> and hopefully, as we've talked about in past podcasts, that's pretty much out of the, the realm of things. Because like I said, then fine. Give us your star players, <laughs> Raiders, and you can have them. You know, and they're not going to give away Darren Waller and Max Crosby. That is not happening. So my feeling is at the end of the day, I think it's a push. Um, I think we got some really good, uh, decent players and some young players. And I think Devontae Adams got what he wanted. He broke some records. And Andy, I know she will talk about that. And he was able to play really well. But here's the thing. When it all comes down to it, Devontae Adams is sitting on the couch and we're possibly going to the playoffs. So that, to me, if you're looking for a defining moment, that's the defining moment. If you were saying, give me an answer, John, did this work or not? I think the Packers got the best because, again, we got some nice young talent and we're able to hopefully make the playoffs. So, Andy, what, what is your uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree with you, John. It was pretty much pretty much a push, uh, you know. So, so Packers fans in in the trade uh, in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Packers received from the Raiders uh, pick number 22 in the uh, first round and pick number uh, 53 in the second round, and we received those picks. And actually, John, the Packers drafted Quay Walker. Uh, the inside Wait, linebacker from Georgia with the 22nd pick. Yeah. Uh, Wyatt, we picked uh, with our, I think our pick that we already had, our pick uh, that was at number 28. Oh, right, right, right. So, um, so we got Quay Walker, and then we got, uh, in essence, Christian Watson. Uh, we got him at pick 34. Uh, we had to give up some draft capital to get him, but one one of the pieces that we had to give up to get him was the second round pick uh, from the Raiders that we had received at 53, and I think our right. second round pick as well. Uh, yep. But we did get indirectly uh, Christian Watson with that pick, kind of, <laughs> at pick 34. So... Um, so yeah. it, it looks as if, as of now, uh, we hit with both of those picks. Uh, Quay sure. Walker has played in all 16 games for the Packers. He has 114 tackles, John, uh, 68 solo. He has a one and a half sacks and three forced fumbles. So that is a yeah, lot of production out of that yeah. uh, inside linebacker spot. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, Christian Watson has uh, 13 games played. 
Uh, he did miss a few games, as we know. Uh, he has uh, 36 receptions, 507 yards, and seven, seven receiving touchdowns. And uh, he also has 68 rushing yards and two touchdowns. So he has nine touchdowns overall. So again, a great playmaker for us. So then for those draft picks, uh, we gave up Devontae Adams, of course. And Devontae this season has uh, 1,443 receiving yards and 14 touchdowns. So I, I think that the Las Vegas Raiders are probably happy with this his production, and I would hope they would be um, because he's one of the top receivers in the National Football League. Uh, but again, I... I can't believe that they're they're wasting his talent, his prime years, with a potential uh, reboot at quarterback. So again, that's kind of a head scratcher there, and uh, that's a perfect example of an organization again in the uh, the Raiders organization that thinks one player will get them to the Super Bowl. Uh, that's that's also thinking short term and not long term. And that's why the Raiders are not a consistent winning team and the Packers are. So overall, uh, the deal was probably a push uh, for both teams. Uh, and I, so I agree with you totally, John. Uh, the Raiders got an elite top five receiver in his prime. The Packers got two young and talented rookies one on the offensive side of the ball and one on the defensive side of the ball uh, with long-term upside. So I think both teams are probably happy with the outcome of the, uh, the trade. I agree. Uh, and I think you might be, I mean, if Christian Watson turns out to be what we hope he's going to be, it actually might turn in the, in the Packers favor because yeah. we're going to have him for more, more years, yeah. hopefully. So yeah. yeah. Lot more upside with potential with that. Um, you know, I think both of us would have to probably say, and I'm going off script a little bit here, but um yeah, great, yeah. this is unscripted. Uh that's another another show, I think. But anyway, <laughs> um <laughs> okay. so I mean, I think we both can agree that we didn't want Devontae Adams to leave, and I don't no. think most Packer fans thought no, that was a good idea. No I no think way. if they could do it all over again. The Packers, of course, would want Devontae Adams because, you know, we we are supposed to be about winning Super Bowls and he, mm -hmm. he would give us, a, of course, a great chance to win one. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's just it's unfortunate uh, it that is. you broke up that tandem with Rodgers, but it's just the way sometimes the NFL business works, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, it's the business and it sucks. And, you know, we're going to have to make some hard decisions, uh, which we've talked in two past podca uh, podcast episodes about Aaron Jones and David Bakhtiari, as well as possibly Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, and there's some other guys with Lazard, I think, is another guy we got to throw some money at. So it's going to be a rough off season. Hopefully not too rough, but, you know, Andy and I will cover some of that too. So let's get it. Game preview. All right, lines of Packers. Never in a million years would I think this would come to this. <laughs> I mean, Andy, let's be honest. Do you think it would come to this? Nope. Okay, nope, there not we at go. All. Solid nope. Um, so, again, as I mentioned earlier, they have flexed the game to Sunday, January 8th at 720. Um, hey, when and we're in. Here's the thing. When Andy and I are right, we're right. And when we're wrong, we admit it. <laughs> okay. Andy already admitted that. I already, uh, I'm going to admit some stuff here. But I was more right than I was wrong. So I'm going to take that and put that feather in my cap, as they say. What did I say about uh, with Kirk Cousins? You get him off the spot. You get him to try to run. He doesn't want to run. He doesn't want to roll out. He, he wants to get on a spot and throw. Just like Tua. I said last week, you get on him, you put whether you sack him, and we gotta really, really, really work on our blitz pressures and our sacks. I, I just can't believe we were going against third string centers and right tackles and not being able to have at least four or five sacks. Um, 
But anyway, point is, I said, get him off, and that's gonna he's he's done. Same thing with the quarterback of the Lions, um, Jared Goff. When you get him in that pocket and he can sit in that pocket, you're in trouble. But you get him and you start knocking him around and get him to run a little bit, which he can do. He's an athletic quarterback. You're in big trouble, okay? However, the good thing about Jared Goff is the reason the Rams got rid of him because they were sick and tired of when you start putting pressure on him and knock him down a few times, he, he's done. He's in his shell, just like Kirk Cousins and Tua. Okay, now Tua's extenuating circumstances because of his concussions, and we feel sorry for him. And, you know, I hope he has a great career. He's a good player. The other thing is they got Jamal Adams. They can run, okay? And, you know, they have some other guys who can run. And then they have that Amon St. Brown guy who is not what I would say Justin Jefferson, but he's close and he's coming up. So, again, got to match him. Make sure we're matching him up with Jair and just Joe Barry. I'm going to say this again. Do what you did last week, okay, or a Sunday, I should say. What you did was exactly what you should have done in the first game against the Vikings. You man up with Jair, the best receiver. You knock people around. You get to their uh, Jared Goff office spot. You make them one-dimensional, even though they can run, and they can run well. Still, you start doing that. And also, here's the thing. The Lions have never been in this type of environment for a playoff in a very, very, very long time, okay? And, you know, that counts a lot, right? So just like in this game, you need to get after them, you know, and Andy will get into a little bit more, establish the run. It, it, again, it's, this isn't hard. Like, stop. Like, here's the other thing, just really quickly. We need Christian Watson to run underneath routes, okay? And I'll tell you why. Because Christian Watson, yeah, takes the top off your defense. You throw a 60-yarder, and people go, okay, we got to be careful. we got to send two guys over there to cover Christian Watson. But if you start running Christian Watson underneath routes, drag routes, uh, a simple corner route, you know, a, a simple down and out or whatever they call it, and you run those underneath routes, people are going to jump those routes, right? They're going to be like, oh, it's third and five. Boom, Christian Watson. Okay. Third and five, Christian Watson. Okay. Wait a minute. We're going to jump that route. And as soon as you do that, Christian Watson runs past you. So I can't believe that LaFleur is not going, wait a minute. Why are we running underneath routes with this guy? Because as soon as the corner or linebacker come up, he's going to run past them. And Aaron Rodgers is going to have free uh, open guy to hit for a touchdown or close to a touchdown. So again, we can't take these Lions for granted. They're not your same old Lions. They're a good team coached by a hard coach, and they have a nice defense now. It is really played well. However, Andy will, I'm sure, talk about this. And if he doesn't, on the road, they suck. <laughs> Their statistics go way down. but doesn't mean anything. When you're playing for something that each team covets with a playoff spot. So that's it for me. Andy, uh, if you want to talk a little bit more about this uh, preview. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, when they're away from Ford Field, uh, they are not good. And Jared Goff is not very good uh, either. So you're absolutely spot on on that. Uh, so our opponent, uh, Packers fans, the Lions. Uh, so I guess I had a couple of uh, really important takes uh, from the Lions' uh, previous two games. Uh, the Bears ran for exactly 200 yards against them. The Panthers ran for 320 yards wow. against the Lions. And that. so that was two games ago, and they ran all over them. And basically, Dan Campbell, the Lions head coach, said they basically smashed him in the mouth. And every every cliche that you could probably probably use to describe yeah. how they got their beat down. Sure. Uh, but yeah, they got ran all over in that game. So 
Uh, so simply put, with our offensive line and our two running backs, uh, the Green Bay Packers football team on offense uh, needs to keep with their, their mantra, uh, their offensive uh, identity, and basically run, 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 and run some more, uh, <laughs> run the ball some more against, against the Lions D. And uh, then on defense, the, the Packers need to do a lot of the good things that worked against the Vikings. Uh, collapse the pocket, put pressure on Jared Goff. Uh, he's a lot like Kirk Cousins, like John said, uh, and normally does not leave the pocket and run. So Jared Goff's go-to guy uh, when he needs to play is wide receiver Amon Ra St. Brown. Amon Ra St. Brown, John. <laughs> yeah. That's I would guy. put uh, uh, Jerry Alexander on him as much as possible. Uh, and, and then don't uh, – I would, wouldn't forget the running backs, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Yeah. Um, I, I believe, believe you mentioned Jamal Adams, John. I think it's Jamal Williams. Yeah, but, I would say Jamal Adams. Sorry. Yeah, that was like a <laughs> – I think he's a really good safety for somebody, isn't yes, he? Yes, he is for Seattle. Okay. So <laughs> – we Sorry. don't like talking about Seattle, but uh, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, uh, so don't forget about those two. Uh, they they had a monster game against the Bears. Uh, they had two hundred and seventy four rushing yards and uh, three touchdowns uh, between the two of them. So it's actually it was two hundred seventy four total yards, not just rushing yards. So a combination mm -hmm. of the ru uh, the rushing and the and the the, the receiving yards. So. Um, but they did have over 200 <laughs> rushing yards, if I can remember off the top of my head. So, um, again, we need to contain those two a little bit. And, uh, you know, that's that's going to be, again, uh, a path to victory for the Packers. So, so basically, in summary, the Packers' game plan should be threefold. Uh, run the ball, stop the run. Uh, then pressure the statue that is quarterback uh, Jared Goff and protect Aaron Rodgers. Uh, make Antonio, uh, sorry, Amon Ross St. Brown a non-factor, uh, just like we did against Justin Jefferson and the Vikings. So if we do that, those three things, uh, we should have a victory. So obviously the Lions are another dome team that doesn't, want to play at Lambeau Field and then the uh the with the temperature expected to be about uh, 29 de degrees at kickoff on Sunday it's probably going to be even less than that now that we aren't playing at noon uh I think the low is supposed to be 21 uh they aren't sure. going to want anything to do with yeah. that so uh, a big bonus for us that we're at home in this and not in the dome like we were uh, with the loss we had to them, I think it was uh, again, 15, nine yeah. earlier in the year Probably at Ford right. Fields. So yeah. John, any thoughts on that? I think pretty much no. we're in line. We're in line, buddy. We'll just keep on doing those things and we'll just be fine. So, yep. Um, so now so before, that so, so John, before yeah, we go, go do you have any uh, new year's resolutions for uh, 2023? Yes, I do. One, <laughs> we're gonna have a great year. Two, we gotta we gotta get back to the Super Bowl. Okay, so let's make a resolution, Packer fans. I'll put our mind power like, Aunt, uh, like Andy. Well, sure, you say this too, Andy. But like Aaron Rodgers says, put the power of the mind together, the positivity, and let's you know will ourselves to the Super Bowl. So that's one of the things. Um, and then you know just continue our podcast here. I love doing my podcast with my great buddy, Andy. It's been so much fun and we will continue this into the new year. And, uh, that's pretty much it for me. How about you, Andy? Yeah, I'm going to try to do as much, uh, golfing as I possibly can, uh, hiking, uh, biking. Uh, we've been doing a lot, uh, actually of, especially hiking on the, uh, the ice age trail. Mm. around uh, Wisconsin. So, uh, nice. you know, been doing a lot of that. Uh, but basically, uh, I want to spend as much time as I possibly can with my beautiful wife, uh, Sue, and, uh, you know, my kids. And so uh, that's what we normally try to do. My wife and I, we try to, to spend every moment that we can with them. 
And uh, so that's that's basically it's not really a resolution, but uh, I think yeah. it's a kind of a recommitment to that on my part sure. and uh, trying to yeah. stay active and and uh, spend time with family, um, which, you know, it's, of course, is important for both of us. So, yes, it is. It's important for everybody to spend time with your family. And you don't forget about, you know, we're a Packer family, too, but you also have your true family. Spend time with them, too. That's what I love doing, too. So you. You took the words right out of my mouth, Andy. So, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> so, why don't you get us out of here? Okay, John. Uh, happy New Year, Packers fans. Uh, one more win, and we're in. Uh, thank you all for your support and love of Packer football. Thanks for listening. Uh, great talking with you, John this week on uh, Packers Blitz. Yeah, Packers Blitz. So two things. Again, we do have an email, PackersBlitz80 at gmail.com. So PackersBlitz80 at gmail.com. Hey, send, you know, some stories in. Send some, you know, anything you want. Tell us we're wrong. That's okay. We're, we're not saying we're perfect. We're not Colin Cowherd. <laughs> but, you know, send things <laughs> Definitely in. Definitely not. Like I said. <laughs> send some pictures and do whatever you want because we want to embrace you as our Packer family. And we look, like I said, we love doing this podcast. It's not only good to vent, but also have some fun and laugh at the other things. We're also on YouTube. So we only have audio, so you can't see our beautiful faces yet, but eventually you will when Andy and I build this up a little bit more and we will have a live and do some great things in 2023. Um, but hit subscribe. So, Again, we're a small podcast, but with your help, we'll make it a bigger podcast. And then maybe Colin Cowherd will take over his show and make it our show, <laughs> right, Andy? Yeah, get invited <laughs> to be on his on his show. That would be awesome. <laughs> or at least his podcast. So we love you all, Packer fans. Um, have a great uh, week and obviously a great year. We will uh, talk after the Detroit game. Hopefully, it will be a big win and we get in the playoffs. So, take care, Andy. Take care, John. <laughs>